Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Start the clock. Good I think I know why this crowd is happy. Because uh, Bernie Sanders had a huge upset victory on Tuesday in the Michigan primary. Won. Bernie Sanders? No? Okay. Maybe I'm in the wrong building. I don't know. I, I, usually we got a big Bernie contingent here, but uh, he kills it with the young people. Bernie won 83% of people under 30. Apparently, old Jews. <laughs> Or the new trucker hat. That's what I was going and, and this despite the fact that uh, he had said ghetto in the debate up there. He used the word ghetto. This is one of those rules, you know, that I didn't know was a rule until they tell you it's a rule. Can't say, can't say ghetto, which is so ghetto. Uh, but, <laughs> but he did well there. Now the race moving to Florida. Both parties had their debates down there. Uh, Hillary and Bernie had their debate for Univision. Did you see that? Yeah, the, they were pandering to that Latino audience, I gotta say. At one point, Hillary said that her private server ran on Mac and didn't do Windows. I, I thought that was a little... <laughs> and did you see the beginning of the debate? What appeared to be a Latino teenager uh, came out dressed in a mariachi outfit to sing the national anthem, so it's good to see Marco Rubio getting work, because he's... he's uh, Yes, and uh, boy, they won't let up Hillary on the email stuff. Jorge Ramos said to her, if you get indicted, will you drop out? Okay, just can we review this here? First of all, she had a private server, which all her predecessors as Secretary of State had, all the government officials have. None of the uh, things she did were illegal. All the emails were not classified at the time she sent them out. But the question we have to keep asking her is, will you be taken alive? <laughs> <laughs> and can you guarantee that your DNA is not on that knife they found at O.J.'s house? Is it? We don't know until we ask. Now, on the Republican side, Trump also won Michigan, had a huge night, huge night. Really? Okay. No, no. We won all types here. Uh, had a, your, your, well, your boy's doing very well. He had a huge night on Tuesday. So good. He did so good on Tuesday. He is now pivoting to the general election, asking the other Republicans to unite behind him and talking about how he's very presidential. 
in his... He had a press conference after his big victory Tuesday and said, I am the most presidential one since... And he went, I gotta go back to Abe Lincoln. I'm not... I can't make this up. That's what he said. He was so presidential. He felt the need to refute, product by product, the allegations that his opponents had made that some of his business ventures had failed. So he stood there, you saw this, right, in front of a table full of Trump water, Trump wine, <laughs> Trump vodka, Trump steaks. Who advises this man, Kanye West? What the... <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's working. That's the thing. It's, it's not stopping him. People, everyone comes up to me these days and says, Bill, could Trump really be president? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Although, here's a little bit of hope. You know, I, I know. Nothing seems to stop this guy, whatever you throw at him. Did you ever see the movie War of the Worlds? Tom Cruise movie, right? That gives me hope. Because... <laughs> if, <laughs> If you remember the movie, the space invaders are just totally kicking our ass. I mean, they got their tripods, they got the force fields around them, nothing can stop them, and then they just die. <laughs> they just die. Nobody does anything, they just fucking die. I mean, it's like, it's like they got to page 100 in the script and went, uh, fuck it, they just die. Just die. <laughs> have Morgan Freeman come here and do a voiceover. They get the flu or something, and that's my fantasy. Trump will be up there one day. I am the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's just time. That's it. All right. So that's the fantasy. Now say what you want about Donald Trump. He has made sucker punching great again. You saw this yesterday? This. Oh, man, is this ugly. This guy sucker punched this guy. A Trump supporter punched a protester, sucker punched him. And he said, why did he do it? Because he was not acting like an American. And he was deliberately going out of his way to be black. <laughs> and then the police arrest the black guy. Did you see that? And they charged him with resisting assault? What the <laughs> And, and Trump asked about it, basically excused it. He said his support... This is his quote. He said his supporters have anger that's unbelievable. <laughs> he said they love this country. They don't like seeing bad trade deals. They don't like to see bad higher taxes. And naturally, the answer to bad trade deals and higher taxes is punching black people. I think that's <laughs> obvious. I mean, this stuff doesn't happen at anybody else's rallies, punching and shoving and spitting and kicking. Although at a Sanders rally this week, a man was warned about kvetching. <laughs> so, <laughs> not exactly an equivalency, but... So, but again, it doesn't seem to stop him. You know who endorsed him? He announced it last night, today, Dr. Ben Carson has endorsed Donald Trump. He gave a whole speech about it. Unfortunately, the speech was cut short when a Trump supporter punched him in the face. <laughs> and uh, we should note a sad passing this week. Nancy Reagan, former first lady, was lovingly, lovingly laid to rest uh, today beside the remains of the Republican Party. Um, <laughs> President Obama did not attend the funeral, which, of course, made Republicans furious, although I thought he had a good answer there. He said he was paying homage to Nancy Reagan by just saying no. Uh, and <laughs> you, 
And, and to, give, to give Nancy her credit, uh, the, the, you who are too young to remember the 80s, Just Say No was a huge campaign. It was on everybody's lips, a lot of media coverage, very successful, and for us stoners at the time, uh, it made getting high a little more fun. It did. It. And I'll just say this. Something spooky. A little bit spooky is going here at going on here at real time because two weeks ago I mentioned Antonin Scalia, and he died later that night. And last week I mentioned Nancy Reagan, and she died the next day. So this is a reminder: life is short. We all have to go sometime. And a quick story about Dick Cheney. <laughs> I, yeah, I did. Don't run. No, no, no. Oh, no. Okay. okay, okay. I know. People, I don't wish Dick Cheney dead, okay? I, I can't uh, control that anyway, so we're going to write in. All right, we got a great show. Bill Crystal, Monica Mehta, Sam Steiner here. A little bit particular with journalist and author Maria Konnikova. But first up, she's a staff writer for The New Yorker, and her latest book is Dark Money, The Hidden History of the Billionaires Behind the Rise of the Radical Right. Jane Mayer. Hey, Jane. Good to see you again. How you doing? Thank you. Yes. Okay. So, say somebody hasn't really been following American politics like most of the American electorate. Uh, how would you explain to them who are the Koch brothers? Because that's mostly who you're talking about in the book. Well, they are the fifth and sixth richest Americans. They're brothers. Together, they're worth about $90 billion. $90 and billion. Billion. Um, and they... Um, that's huge. Have, it's, it's even huger yeah, than some other than, candidates. Yeah, yeah, right. And even though they have never been um, elected to any office, they have huge influence over American politics. They've put together a group of investors. They're very conservative. They've brought together 400 of the other richest conservative people in the country oh. to pool their money, and they've got a kitty now that they say is $889 million, which uh, they'd like to spend in the 2016 election cycle to influence the outcome. And what is their goal? What, what do they want? Well, so the, the brothers are, are Charles Koch and David Koch, and Charles has said his favorite president is Calvin Coolidge. And um, <laughs> he, um, they would basically... Silent cow. He, he said little and he did little, which is sort of telling because the Kochs are really anti-government. Yes, right. So they would like to bring the country back. They see all regulation as tyranny. They Cause, do. Because they, they're in the oil and, and they, gas and, and coal business, They're a right? huge yes. fossil fuel company yes. with a terrible record of pollution. They don't like government regulators. No. They've been taken to court by them a number of times. And um, they'd like to push the country back to sort of where it was in the right. robber baron era. And you see that so. in, the, in their background. I mean, you go into ex uh, extensively about the father was one of the founders of the John Birch Society, which was made the teabaggers, you know, look like hippies. They were the right? originals, yes. They were the originals. <laughs> they were. Uh, and they thought Eisenhower was too liberal. Well, they thought Eisenhower was a communist. The communist. John Birch Society believed that right. the government was being taken over by communists. And so Fred Koch, the father, was one of the founders, as you said. He also was, um, interestingly, someone who made his fortune partly by building oil refineries for Joseph Stalin in the Soviet Union. And then he went on and built one for Adolf Hitler, where So he Hitler, was bipartisan. He was... <laughs> He had to work for um, the left and the right. Well, that's it's interesting that's as a yeah. as a sort of source of one of America's great um, 
fam families and uh, businesses. It's a and wasn't very the secretive company. It, the, it's Coke Industries. Many Americans know its products, but they don't know they are b right. made by Coke Industries. But, so. And also, wasn't the nanny a Nazi? The nanny was a Nazi in this family. The nanny it was, was a Nazi. It was very interesting. Sounds like a fun yeah. movie, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the nanny um, was a Nazi. Well, Fred Koch, the dad, was in Germany doing business with uh, the Third Reich, and sure. um, he wrote home in, in 1938, which was not too long before World War II, sure. saying there were three countries that were great at that time. Germany, Japan, and Italy. Mm. The Axis yeah. powers, sure. yes. And so, um, and he uh, brought home a nanny for his boys, <laughs> who was oh, he actually... brought her from Germany? Yes, she was actually a Nazi wow. sympathizer. And, in, and when, when Hitler invaded France she, in 1940, <laughs> she went back because she wanted to celebrate. Um, so she oh. left the family. And this was the, this was the woman who, who brought up Charles Koch in his earliest years. She was apparently a horrible disciplinarian, and it was a kind of a family that has incredible problems that you really could not make One up. One of the so. brothers is gay, right? I mean, the, these are the, the two, brother, there's four brothers. You, the two that are in politics and doing all this evil, they're not the only ones. There's a gay one, right? The oldest... <laughs> <laughs> There are, there are two missing brothers from the Koch brothers' general right. picture, and the right. oldest one, Fred, he says he's not gay. Three of his brothers accused him of being gay and, in fact, said they were going to tell Dad <laughs> that he was gay unless he turned over his shares in the company, the family company, to them. Um, and so they tried to blackmail him with this. He lives in New York. He's a fantastic backer of the arts. And he, they, he gives... Sounds gay. <laughs> No, I mean... Uh, He's from I a mean, generation... Backer of the arts, the Koch brothers hate him. <laughs> He's from a generation that doesn't discuss that so much. But sure. this family had epic fights. They, they went through... Two of the brothers sued two of the other brothers for 20 years. They all inherited about $300 million from their father, but they still sued because they wanted more. Um, and they wanted control of the family company, and two one, and that's the ones we think of the Koch brothers as, Charles and David Koch. So, so and they're very involved in American politics. So now. Th there's a Trump supporter in our audience tonight. Um, <laughs> and by the way, none of the liberals are punching her. Uh, <laughs> so, so. I'm sure she and many other conservatives watching this are saying, well, well what about the, the, the left? They have uh, sugar daddies like George Soros. That's Could you address what, what I would consider to be a false equivalence yes, on that? Because I hear that all the time. I'm glad you asked me that I'm question. glad I did, too. Um, so <laughs> I wrote a piece for those who think that The New Yorker doesn't write about liberal money, too. I wrote a piece about George Soros. At his height, he put $20 million into American politics in 2004. This 20 year, million. $20 million. This year, the Koch brothers and their group of friends are putting $889 million into right. American politics. That kind of gives you yeah. something of no. the scale. And, and there's really never been anything quite like what we're looking at this year. One group of unelected, incredibly rich people who've almost formed their own plutocratic party in order to try to pick the and, next leaders. And, and this is why I gave Obama a million bucks, a lot of good it did me, uh, <laughs> to get the left billionaires, because there are lots of rich people on the left, to realize, you know, you got to get in this game. The game has changed since Citizens United. 
And, and the, thing, the thing about George Soros also is that he's fighting for raising his taxes. He's right. not fighting greedily, and for, and for, selfishly, like the Koch brothers. Well, and also for transparency. And I think one of the most troubling things that you've got to keep in mind about the Kochs is that so much of what they do is in secret because they use um, groups that are supposed to be uh, philanthropic groups that can hide their donors. And they pour money through these sure. groups. So you can't really see who the donors are. The, the group they have, 400, 500 people, they won't release the names of these people. So people in the country can't see who's in it. I mean, in my book, I write a lot about who they really are, though, and their tremendous fossil fuel interests, the biggest frackers in the country, right. the man who started Home Depot. I hope he's not an advertiser. Um, we don't have advertisers, <laughs> okay, Virginia, you're on HBO. All right. <laughs> it's a great book. You're a great reporter. Thank you, Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, let's meet our panel. All right, here they are. He is the senior politics editor at the Huffington Post, our friend Sam Stein. How you doing, Sam? She's a financial expert and a managing principal at 7th Capital, Monica Mehta, back with us. Hey, Monica. And he is the founder and editor of The Weekly Standard and an ABC News contributor, our friend Bill Crystal over here once again. Hey, Bill. Okay, so... Uh, we saw the video of the guy sucker punching. Um, how much? Uh, <laughs> how much does Donald Trump uh, really have bear responsibility? I think for this? a lot. I, I mean, do too. <laughs> Go on, Sam. I'm so glad you're jumping in. All right, well, thank you. First of all, Bill didn't like your monologue about Dick Cheney. He was twitching in the back there. <laughs> I, think I was when, calm. I, I, think I was you, calm. I think when you tell your crowd that you yourself want to punch someone in the audience, that you miss the days when people were taking out in stretchers, you're kind of sending a signal to your audience that it's okay to do stuff. It reminds me of the abortion doctor thing, you know? How so? Well, you know, there are, like, right-wing people who said, if an abortion doctor gets killed, that would be a good thing, and then yeah. some nut goes and does it, and they say, we didn't actually say he should do it, but you pretty much put the idea in some borderline guy's head. Exactly. And that's sort of what's going on here. And again, this doesn't happen on the left, or even among the other candidates on, on the right. This is purely a Trump phenomenon. Today he had to cancel a rally yeah. in Chicago because it was going to get too out of hand. Doesn't this... Oh, if it was a good thing. I think Trump is definitely fanning the flames, but there's a genuine frustration out there. And it, it's emulated, and it's you can pick up after looking at how much he's actually spent running for president. So in early January, he had only spent about $12.5 million on his campaign. So, But see the momentum and see the, the eruption from people. There's definitely a tidal wave of angry people, and he's tapped into this frustration. Isn't and he causing the anger, though? I don't think so, that I don't think that well, you could cause this. I think to a certain extent sure you, it was there already. You can yeah, make it worse. Yes, absolutely. There is a lot of anger there. But c can we just get to what he says? Because a lot of the reason why people are angry is because he lies horribly, like they all do at the debates. Yeah. Nobody checks them on it. There's that old saying, you know, uh, dance like no one's watching. He lies like no one is fact checking, <laughs> and no one does. <laughs> now. Like, like last night at the debate, he said our GDP was zero. It grew 3.9% last quarter. All jobs are gone. We added 6 million the last 
two years. We've had job growth for 72 months straight. It's a record. The military has been gutted. They keep saying this. Obviously, that's not true. It's been steadily increasing through Bush, through Obama. Yeah. Um, it doesn't bother you that somebody lies like this, that somebody tells the American people who, without a viable media, or without any means to check this. Of course it's bothersome. I mean, but he spouts 20 lies a minute that it becomes almost impossible to call right. out on a single one. <laughs> and so you end up trying to grab over here. And that's not even getting to Trump's stakes, which are atrocious, and he says that they're good. They're but terrible. I think Trump also exists because there, there's this feeling that politicians are prefabbed phonies and their answers are all blow-dried like I would like all the time I've ever spent watching any debate debate ever back because there's just <laughs> this genuine feeling that your lips are moving but you're lying to me and I don't know what you're doing so I mean yes he embellishes the truth but I, I think it's embellishes. clear to me. <laughs> He exaggerates Look. wildly. He exaggerates wildly, but I can see clearly why. He's trying sense. to get attention, and he's trying wow. to fund. He's trying to fund his campaign in a completely different way than everyone else is funding. But his that's campaign. a lie itself. He, he knows if he says crazy things, the cameras will be pointed right there, and like like monkeys, they, they are. And I this mean, is a reason to support a candidate. <laughs> it's not a reason to support a candidate. So you don't support him. We supposed to be? How are we supposed to be angry about the, the insane amount of money that it takes to run for office? Bernie does and it pretty well. Well, yeah. Yeah. Bernie. Bernie's but wait a second. Yeah. Donald Trump says if he is elected, he'll appoint a Supreme Court justice like Clarence Thomas. So that's not a formula for getting rid of Citizens United. That's a formula for keeping it. Silence. Okay. <laughs> um, shouldn't look. I, I mean, I loathe Donald Trump, and I hope we defeat him for the Republican nomination. You, it's good that you yearn for the good old days when Dick Cheney was up there giving fact-based <laughs> answers. A serious, honorable politician. Don't you agree? Don't you agree? No. Why? Why? <laughs> Dick, Dick Cheney. Cheney. Dick Cheney was, was honest. Is Dick Cheney was honest. straightforward. Dick Cheney was straightforward. Yes. Dick Cheney, so, and I, so honest I just, when he said Iraq had weapons of mass destruction and. And he was, I believe, did you I'm not, sure, I'm did you sure. know Iraq didn't have weapons of mass destruction, Bill? I don't recall that. Was your <laughs> well, well the, the UN inspectors said they didn't. That's not correct, actually. But anyway, yes, it is anyway correct. I, will defend, I will defend the other politicians. I, I agree with you. I mean, look, okay. Trump is horrible, and, and he is partly responsible for the violence. I agree with that very much. Okay. Every decent, Dick Cheney would not say, go ahead and punch people or whatever. But let me just... One I can more. come back to Dick Cheney one more okay. time. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I cannot make Dick Cheney die, just so you know about it. I'm worried. I'm worried. I told you. I don't I very cannot, You liberals in Hollywood are very powerful. We are very, very powerful. powerful. <laughs> you know? No, no. And, and by the way, Bill, even if I could, I wouldn't. Well, that, uh, okay, I don't like I, him, but I wouldn't make I, him die. I, I How see, about that? I really like that. <laughs> And I knew you wouldn't, Bill. <laughs> I just want you to know that. But t listen to this. 49% of Americans say the United States is number one in the world militarily. 49% say it is not. That's half the people who are so, so dead, stupid, fucking wrong. <laughs> who put this idea in their head? I'll tell you who. All the Republican candidates oh, who took... Well, uh, let's, let's go. Uh, Trump said last night, we don't get any victories. First of all, how is this not insulting the military? Actually, our military had a pretty good week this week. Yeah. 
we smoked Al Shabab. We 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 smoked ISIS. Okay. The chemical guy from Here, here's Marco Rubio. America's influence has declined while the president has destroyed our military. Utter lie. Ted Cruz, Barack Obama right now, number one over seven years, has dramatically degraded our military. Utter lie. Donald Trump, we don't win with the military. We don't win with the military. We can't beat ISIS. We don't win anything. How come these guys are the patriots who the military likes? If they want to build up the military, which doesn't... The military has up. not been degraded. It has been cut. It's okay. way below what Barack Obama's Secretary of Defense said was, it should be was, in 2011. Well, anyway, but look... It's, it's, which was a bipartisan Yes, which was a terrible so mistake. Not. Which was so, a terrible mistake. But to put it on mistake. Obama's hands is silly. But the bigger problem here is... No, that it's a bipartisan you, problem. The bigger problem here is that you end up having an electorate that thinks that we're on the precipice of total internal destruction, and they get really right. mad. And now we're at this point where you're actually seeing images out of Chicago that are pretty grotesque and actually legitimately scary. And you can easily imagine a rally down the road where this ends up in a pretty, pretty dark place. I mean, violent, violent stuff. And this isn't really how it's ever been, ever. Okay, so let me ask another question about a lie at the debate last night. The debate was in Miami. 21 mayors from around Florida asked, begged the moderator, which was Jake Tapper last night, since the Fox News people will never even bring the issue up, to ask a question about climate change, since Florida could be the, one, the place that, you know, gets underwater. Okay, Marco Rubio <laughs> went through the greatest hits of climate denial bullshit. The weather is all... <laughs> And here are those greatest hits. The weather is always changing, true, of course, but has nothing to do with climate change caused by carbon emissions. Uh, he said, is it changing because of something we're doing? Like, that's a question. Uh, even if it is changing, no law can change the weather. Bullshit. I've lived here for 30 years. We used to have what they called ring around the city because the cars were had catalytic converters. We don't have the ring around the city anymore. You can, first of all, climate is not weather, but they gloss over that. London used to be foggy. They wrote songs about it. It's not anymore because they stopped burning coal. So, yes, of course you can write laws. Yeah. Be called, called a carbon tax. Well, well, the funny thing was that he, he went through this whole spiel, and then at the end he gave this very uplifting speech about his father coming to America. He said, and America can do anything it puts its mind to. <laughs> Except right. climate change. You know, you can't do that, you know? Well, because it would, it would, it would, it would devastate our economy. You know what devastates well, an economy? Being underwater. Yeah, Miami flood. That's so, <laughs> is, that's so terrible for an economy. Yeah. It's good, that, it's good that you have this wonderful faith in every liberal, you know, uh, trope and verity, and they don't... They're, so you they, don't they believe get, in climate change? I do believe that there's been climate change. There's a little ice age 300 years ago. Holland's canals, uh, canals were frozen, but I mean... This, it, oh, my and Lord. And human beings... Really going to that one? That's a true fact. Oh, I mean, what oh, do you oh, mean going to okay. that one? Well... Do you I, don't believe that there's been cycles in the climate over the centuries? But that is Human activity much has contributed, probably, to global warming probably. over the it last century. Has. Maybe it definitely has. Maybe it definitely okay. has. I'm not Thank a scientist. You. Oh, good. But then we, we can have a serious policy debate. But you are, but, Bill, because you've studied well, this personally. I would like to have a serious policy debate. Well, we don't, because one party denies that it exists because the Koch brothers give them... Oh, that's just silly. We waste silly. all oh, it's our so time talking about the wrong things. I mean, we have to accept at a point that this is happening, and we can only come up with 
the good policy when we actually accept that this is happening. Exactly. And then we can focus on where the efforts, where the dollars can go so that we can make maximum the impact. Problem, the problem is climate change is sort of a gradual menace, right? We don't see the threat imminently. If Miami, for instance, were to be subject to a potential terrorist attack, right. I'm assuming the neoconservative wing of sure. the Republican Party would do everything in their power and devote tons of resources to stop it. But we don't see Miami under that type of threat when it comes to rising sea levels. So you have to actually educate people about the severity of the threat if you want to get any action. Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, the cover of Time Magazine today is a picture of Nancy and Ronald Reagan, and it says, what happened to this party? Um, I'm not making fun of Nancy Reagan. She's like a very nice lady, and uh, she made a fine president in the last two years of his administration. <laughs> that is, I mean, that is... Poor Bill. <laughs> the last two years of Reagan's administration were extremely successful. Maybe you're not aware of that. Iran the Soviet Union. Anyway, yes. Uh, uh, How about the collapse of the Soviet Union? Which people like you were laughing about Reagan okay. in 1981. How ridiculous his foreign policies would be? Nuclear? When it would be a nuclear war? Okay. Right. He would never defeat the Soviet Union. Would never right. liberate. He Russia did it single-handedly by himself. It was no. a 40-year effort. Lots of people defeated the Soviet Union. He was there and presided at the moment when it he collapsed. He had a huge defense buildup. Yes. Pressure he, on that's him. right. I and I and you're right. He gets credit for that. But it wouldn't have happened if he was the president in the 60s. It had to happen when they were ready to fall anyway. Anyway, <laughs> the question I was going to ask is... It's wonderful, it's wonderful that we can decide after the fact that these things were inevitable, well, right? Well, it was... Uh, and New York City crime rate would have gone down by 50% if Rudy Giuliani hadn't had tough on crime policies. Is that right? It was inevitable in 1993 that, under, that the Dinkins mayoral well, was going to uh, lead to a reduction in crime. This one took uh, a turn. Uh, yeah, that would... No, be. well, that's another <laughs> okay. Republican policy that people like right. you mock, All right? right? Okay. Being tough on crime. People like me. Okay. Yes. Your people. Um, yes. You people but, too. Um, <laughs> but Nancy Reagan consulted an astrologer. That's historical fact. If, if Michelle Obama <laughs> consulted an astrologer, would the Republicans be okay with that, you think? What do you think you would say about that? I would that? say it was foolish, as it was foolish of Nancy Reagan to do oh, so. And it wow. didn't affect any of Ronald Reagan's policies, thank okay. God. Because they would <laughs> impeach Obama if that happened there. I, I don't But anyway, so. she consulted an astrologer. She can consult whoever she wants, as far as I'm All right. concerned. Well, uh, and by the way, it did affect policy. It affected lots of stuff, like, she, where, should Ronnie go to this summit? Oh, no, don't fly on a Thursday. I mean, <laughs> this, this was like third world stuff. Okay, but... Uh, Joan Quigley was the name of the astrologer. This is in the 80s she was consulting her. She was from San Francisco. Uh, um, but, look, I tease what we found. We did a little research. We found out, it turned out, that Joan Quigley actually was right about everything. We have some of her predictions. Would you like to hear them? Now, bear in mind... Like she said, cars in 30 years will no longer require human drivers. Passengers will be transported by lifeless automatons, known as Uber drivers. <laughs> she said three things will disappear in the 90s. Vinyl records, the snowy owl, and pubic hair. Wow. <laughs> this is it's spooky stuff. That's... A place called Whole Foods will stick a leaf in water and convince you to pay $12 for parsley juice. Wow. Woo. She said religion will lose relevance with adults, but the Catholic Church will still find a way to touch children. <laughs> Televisions will get thinner and brighter. And the viewers, thicker and duller. 
Johnny Carson will quit The Tonight Show, after which America will fall asleep to Bill Cosby. I, I, I... <laughs> oh, yeah, they remembered Bill Cosby, bad guy. That's right. Okay. <laughs> A great scourge will spread across America and sicken thousands. It will be called Chipotle. <laughs> She's a journalist and the author of The Confidence Game, Why We Fall For It Every Time, Maria Konnikova. Maria, hey, great pleasure to meet you. How you doing? Okay, so as someone who wrote a book called The Confidence Game, We Fall For It Every Time, what did you think when you saw Donald Trump <laughs> standing there in front of a table full of his products? To me, that's... Screamed, there a picture of it. Screamed confidence man. You know, I saw him and I thought, I'm a psychic. Right. Because, <laughs> because I clearly predicted that this was going to happen. I mean, the moment that they analyzed what his products actually were, they found out that they weren't his products. Not his products. Um, he right. was blatantly lying. And the hallmark of a psycho, of a, well, of a psychopath. <laughs> see, see, there you go, Freudian slip. The hallmark of a psychopath, but also the hallmark of a con artist, is someone who deceives you for their own ends. So they're trying to convince you to support them, to vote for them in this particular case. Um, and they're doing it by, dis by tactics that aren't actually. And, and is yeah. this, I mean, am I reading too much into this, but standing there in front of a, a table full of steaks. Now, I don't eat steak, <laughs> but like most people love steak. I thought this was like subliminal advertising kind of stuff, like people looking at that and going, Trump, steak. <laughs> <laughs> if I vote Trump, I'll eat steak. <laughs> I mean, they look juicy, you know, steaks yeah. look good. People yeah. are like, hmm. And? You know what? Think of the voters he's trying to appeal to. Right. So he's actually going for that people common... People who would like to eat steak but can't who, afford it. That's people who right. want to eat steak. Right. Let them eat steak. What? Yeah. It's true. <laughs> and, and I think that we see him trying to get the popular vote. It's the same appeal that he makes all the time, that he is honest, he's a man of the people. He's telling everyone exactly what they want to hear. And he doesn't actually say anything. So that's, that's what confidence artists do. So he's... So he's a, he's a con man, but he is a good one. He's a very good con right. man. That's why they're called con artists. Right. <laughs> the art of the deal, right. And I, you make the point that, you know, everyone is saying that uh, Donald Trump has hijacked the party, but a con man doesn't take anything from a person. No. You give it to him. Absolutely. Willingly. Absolutely, yes. We give them our confidence. Right. The origin of the term confidence game was a man who stole watches, but he never actually stole them. He went up to people on the streets and said, have you confidence in me to lend me your watch until tomorrow? Oh. And people gave them his watch because wow. they gave them they gave him their confidence. And that's exactly what Trump is doing to the party. He isn't asking anyone for anything. People sure. are willingly giving their trust and their confidence. The more I read about this Trump University, <laughs> the more it sounds like Scientology. It does. <laughs> people, it, it is. People paying 
great sums of money to find out a secret that isn't really a secret. And people being coerced yeah. to right. keep giving good ratings. Right. We have Scientology where you also have some of the same coercive tactics where people basically get brainwashed into, into saying that Scientology is wonderful. Trump's university's 98% approval ratings. I mean, when we read is about... Is that true? They really do have that high approval rating? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Every single person stands behind that rating. So they have people watching them and calling them. We read stories of people who say that they've been called every single day to change their rating, and finally they say, fine, I'm gonna, I'll change my oh, rating to, to 100%. Now, you called him a psychopath. What, first of I all, what is a psychopath? We all throw that term around. I, I'd be hard-pressed to define it right now. What is a psychopath? <laughs> well, there's actually a checklist. Here's psychopathy checklist. Uh, a checklist well, I know you have a, a checklist for nar narcissistic I have personality. I have, some, I have lots of checklists. Is that a different than a psychopath? <laughs> narcissistic um, it is, but they actually both both overlap. of those traits. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap there. Because here are some of your narcissistic personality <laughs> disorder, exaggerated sense of self-importance. I don't see that in Donald. Trump. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Need for excessive admiration. Again, coming up empty. <laughs> sense of entitlement. Where are you getting this shit from? Uh, lacking empathy? Ha, ah, come on. Uh, believing others to be envious of him. <laughs> Arrogant, haughty, contemptuous behavior or attitude. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds like he might be on the edge of that. It, it, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think it applies. But <laughs> a lot of these actually overlap with, um, with psychopathy, like the lack of empathy, like the arrogance and putting right. down of other people. You don't... So he, he does this very funny thing where to his voters, he says really wonderful things to their face. And then behind their back, he says terrible things about the same groups because he ha makes the same statement. But opposite ways depending on who he's talking to and so you end up seeing these two sides of him where the truth is a really fungible thing um, and there's no such thing as absolute truth the truth is just what's true in the moment to him well and yes. that's both a narcissist and a psychopath and those are two of the dark triad of traits the third is Machiavellianism Not, yes okay. <laughs> and, and, and <clears throat> I don't want to uh make you psychoanalyze someone you never met too much, but uh, last week, before they had the nice debate this week, they had the nasty debate, and they were talking about their penis size. They were. It seems like he also is a prime candidate for micro-penis. <laughs> you know? You know? I mean, somebody who's always, I'm the best, I'm the biggest, I got the greatest. I mean, isn't that obviously someone who does have a small penis? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm sure that Dr. Freud would have something to say yes, about I, that. I, I'm sure I, there's I, a Napoleonic complex okay. equivalent. <laughs> she didn't um, answer the question. <laughs> no, she did not. And we, we'll never know. <laughs> I mean, I wrote an editorial. I wish I had known about yes. your book uh, about Trump called The Confidence Man about two months ago. And I do think oh, he, is, he is a very skillful demagogue. And he's dangerous for that reason, honestly. And we all make fun of him. And I myself thought, oh, he can't sustain this. He'll fade. It can't possibly work. But it, it has worked and, more and than what, I would have thought. I feel like what's so dangerous about him is that we now have seen him for so many months and gotten so used to all this behavior, the incredibly ridiculous bragging and the insulting of everyone who looks at him the wrong way, that it's so baked in the cake now that he's a loon that he could almost... Only, there's nothing he can do that shocks us anymore or people don't go, oh, well, that's Donald Trump for you. 
Yeah, and, but I, I think in this Trump University, for example, I mean, only recently did people actually start putting up ads criticizing Trump. The other candidates were idiotically attacking each other. The Jeb Bush super PAC spent $20 million attacking Marco Rubio, and Rubio attacked Cruz, and they reached jockeying. I agree I, with you. I that. think when people, I don't know, I'm hopeful, we put it this way. I mean, I think Trump University is particularly despicable because he's taking advantage of people who aren't very well off. I, I agree, I agree with you. Better, I think, I think who are credulous. I mean, I do think when people see that, it's one thing to sort of cut good deals against other rich businessmen. If he takes advantage of them, tough. You know, they should, they but should watch out But you're seeing this themselves. outrage because there's an exceptional frustration at the fact that um, the Government Accountability Office, for example, will look at the Department of Defense, and over the last 20 years, $8 trillion is missing from their financials. That's, That's $400 billion dollars a year missing. We talk about and social which, security being And which being party unfunded. wants to not look at that and just always says but we also, need more defense but No, but at the same token, like, when, you, when we're talking about social security expiring by 2029 okay, that's $67 billion Donald Trump wants to save so $400 that we could get if we actually just audited this McCarran Ferguson Act 1945 insurance companies are exempt from antitrust regulations they can collude together to set prices and share information how many Democrats how many Republicans have been in office since then why is this still here I looked at health care uh, healthcare company shares from 2009 to today, healthcare company insurance stocks are up 400% while the S&P is up 200%. This is a bull market. Why is this happening? If well, we're forming well, healthcare... You're saying since Obamacare. Yeah, this is what's going on. I'm just right. saying, why and the reason get why, special treatment? Okay, the they reason, had to cut a deal with insurance companies. Exactly. They were cutting bad because deals. one party would not even consider the idea that we cut the profit motive out of people sick and dying. But let's, which is what every other <laughs> civilized country in the world does. But also, let me just make one point. Two points. First of all, Donald Trump is not running on bringing in Social Security spending. He wants to actually keep Social Security spending at its current state, which is not a very Republican thing to do. But also, his rally-goers aren't mad because insurance profits are up. They're mad because they think brown people are coming over the Mexican border and they want a wall. That is the rallying cry. Okay. That is the rallying Trade cry. issue is what's resonating. That is, that, no, but I mean, middle class, rallying, rallying cry class of all of his... That's five million rallying manufacturing things, jobs. That is five what catapulted him to the position since 2000. This is resonating with Bernie supporters. This is resonating with Trump supporters. I know, no this doubt. Is, but they think it's because... These are people who think the establishment is not working and for they're them. Worried about about cheap Mexican labor. No, no, but Sanders and Trump not clearly about are cheap Mexican labor because politicians are. are passing okay. all these trade agreements that do nothing. I mean, we have four hundred billion dollars of trade deficits, and it's always sold to the people as it's going to create jobs. NAFTA did not create jobs. The WTO did not create jobs. The P. The no, but NAFTA, NAFTA did prevent did. a lot of Mexicans from coming over the border because it created jobs. It down created there. jobs in Mexico, and if you're a liberal and care about poor people around the world, you should be for more of the trade. Right. India, but China, under Mexico. Trade agreements have cut $1,800 a year from. The, I'm the not saying these trade agreements aren't problematic. Education. I'm just saying okay. Trump's appeal is not well, necessarily about. Let me. You're talking about economics now. Uh, the tech titans, you know this, met this week. You were there, was right? There. It's an island off Georgia where you. A place called Sea Island. It's, it's called nice the resort. AEI World Forum. Tim Cook was there. Apple. Larry Page. Eric Schmidt of Google. Sean Parker. Elon Musk. They were all there to talk about how to stop. They Donald weren't. They were there this, to give wait. talks. I mean, this is really ridiculous. They would be very appalled. Well, that's to know what that was they were reported. Part of a conservative conspiracy. I mean, it's a think tank. They have a con they have an annual well, conference. A lot of people come and speak. A lot of scholars. So you're denying that it was leaders. about 
stopping yes. Donald Trump. Yeah, totally. It's scheduled year, a year ago. I know, conference. but what did they now, talk the about? Why they was didn't Carl Rove and Mitch McConnell? No, no, they there? didn't mention it. Now, did some of the Republicans? They didn't mention it. The tech Donald Titans? Trump's name didn't the tech come up. No, I was at Eric. I guess it's off the record, so I shouldn't say this, but I will say this. I don't know <laughs> Eric Schmidt at all. He gave a very nice talk. He answered a million questions, and Trump never came up. He talked wow. about Google. He talked about all that stuff, but. In the halls and in the, you know, were people talking about Trump? Oh, of course, of course. Oh, okay, in the halls. No, seriously. But what, <laughs> what do you expect? Because, because, well, the because, idea that this is some conspiracy. No, is no, no. no. Are meetings in the halls? Uh, I'm just saying, <laughs> it's interesting no. that this group. It's a group, think tank. If I, mean, I was getting a group of people together to stop an asteroid from hitting Earth, <laughs> these are the people yeah, I would. Yeah, but these guys are Democrats mostly. <laughs> Eric Schmidt I, I can't know. stop Donald oh, Trump. Oh, yeah, they're Democrats who make a lot of money. So Tim, me, Cook, Tim Trump, Cook and Eric Schmidt are not Trump's, part of the Republican what, effort to stop but Trump. Trump's, I would love it if they would help us Here's stop what Trump <laughs> said. We're going to get Apple to build their damn computers and things in this country instead of other countries. I'm sure that went down very well with Tim Cook. It's incredibly <laughs> yeah. disturbing. Tim Cook and Eric Schmidt are big Democrats. I mean, the Eric headline, Schmidt is very I, close to President Obama, and they would not be part of a Republican effort. They're they probably sure don't want... They're probably chortling at the idea that Trump will be the Republican nominee because Hillary Clinton will win so the So let election. me get this straight. The two biggest companies in America are colluding with the political party They're to not. try to push out They're who the people colluding. want. I wish they would collude with us and help us to <laughs> save the Republican Party from they Donald Trump. They only collude in the hall. If Eric Schmidt, if Eric Schmidt is well right now, send a check to the Stop Trump effort. Right. <laughs> and if any Republicans so, are watching this show, scratch that. The vote for John Kasich in Ohio and Marco Rubio in Florida. Two media companies are meeting with a political party to determine who is going to be the next president. <laughs> it's not just big business, it's so, media. How inappropriate is that? So you know who Eric Schmidt supports Hillary Clinton. I, mean, I know. <laughs> you know whose approval Ratings are up. Obama. Yeah. Now that. Now I've said this before. The the Twenty Second Amendment that allows the president only to have two terms is really a mercy rule for Republicans. <laughs> Bill Clinton would definitely have gotten a third term, and Obama. Don't you think if Obama uh, was running against Donald Trump? Remember, I, mean, I worry about Hillary. The one guy that put, against the, the one guy that put Trump in his place was President right. Obama during the White House Correspondence Dinner during that infamous <laughs> moment. Um, but you know, I, I, Bill's right that uh, Donald Trump is probably a disaster for the Republican Party in the general election. But also, these approval ratings that you're citing really are good news for Democrats if you think about it. The uh, approval rating of a sitting president going into a general election, if it's high, generally bodes well for the party in power. I think Democrats. I don't. Very... I'm not so sure he's a disaster in the general election. All I, think I Trump hear is Trump, 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 Trump. The Democrats are talking about Trump. The Republicans right. are talking about you think Trump. Trump's a good and you're general talking election? about the rhythm that everyone. Especially tried. if there's a terrorist attack within two months of the election, then it's definitely. You want to stop Trump? Donald. You get Bernie. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, okay, so let me ask this question. Now, it could be that Trump's voters are, his people are locked out because they are trying to stop him. If he doesn't arrive at the convention with their a number of delegates, they're going to try to have somebody else. And Bernie's people, Hillary's probably going to get the nomination. They're pissed off. That's a lot of people on either side who are now disenfranchised and pissed off. And they Where do be. those people go? Michael Bloomberg. 
In a way, it's a tribute to the American political process that it's open enough. I mean, I don't like either Sanders or Trump. I think both are terrible presidents. Well, no, but they both get to run. Sanders is well, much better than anyone expected. Actually, the Sanders people are pissed Sa off because of the super delegates. Yeah. No, I agree. It's with so that. funny because well, that's right. The Democrats are not Democratic. Enough. Right. I agree. And Republicans don't have super. It's so ironic, but they're the party that needs the super delegates. I couldn't agree more. Right. You need some people, and this is what the founders wanted. The founders' greatest fear was a Donald Trump. This is why they did not want mob rule. That's right. Our cover this week is Alexander Hamilton weeping over the prospect of Donald Trump. They hated the people. Having said that, it is good that Sanders gets to run against Clinton. I hope he beats her, but I don't think he will. I guess it's healthy. I do think it is healthy that someone like Trump can make a case who's an outsider. It's not just a bunch of career politicians, but he in particular is a dangerous He in particular is a dangerous demagogue. And it's unfortunate that... Not just that a demagogue in this country, but what happens the first week in office when he tweets that Angela Merkel is a fat pig? Because <laughs> that's not a joke. He's going to do something like that. It's kind of funny. His presidential Twitter <laughs> account funny will be until something. it happens. Yeah. All right, I got to go. <laughs> Thank you, panel. <laughs>
And I think the same thing when I see Democrats these days. You two also need to work together so you can stop the greatest supervillain of all time, Orange Crush. <laughs> Now, it was an exciting week for us left-leaners because with the win in Michigan, the Sanders campaign, which I have been saying, is offering America a new kind of deal has shown that Americans are still considering that deal. But I feel I should say something about a growing movement called Bernie or Bust, where Bernie supporters pledge that if it's Hillary, they'll stay home or vote for the Green Party. On their website, they say they're revolting against the plutocracy. No, actually, you'll be helping elect a plutocrat who's revolting. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren recently disappointed Bernie supporters by staying neutral in the primary fight. No endorsement for either one. So thousands of Sanders fans hijacked her Facebook page and said things like, I'm disgusted by you. Why not just throw the whole country under the bus? It must be Karl Rove's money. And those were the early comments before the Red Bull kicked in. <laughs> really? Elizabeth Warren is the enemy now? She's helped more millennials than Adderall. <laughs> and the Hillary camp does it too, in a race where no Republican candidate supports a woman's right to choose, and one of them calls women pim bimbos and pigs, you know who the real sexist is? Bernie. Bill Clinton accused his supporters of online sexism, which is pretty rich coming from a guy who's been known to grab your tits in person. <laughs> so while Bernie fans attack Hillary for not being liberal enough, and Hillary fans attack Bernie for not being feminist enough, Black Lives Matter is attacking them both for not being black enough. Even though they both have a 100% voter rating from the NAACP, as opposed to Trump, who gets five stars from the KKK. <laughs> there are real enemies out there. Have you seen a Republican debate? The zombies are in the mall. I'm telling you, this is going to be the death of liberals, this nitpicky, intramural attacking of friends for insufficient purity, compulsively cleaning up a little corner of the room that's already quite clean. Well, there are giant piles of shit everywhere else. Last year, uh, social justice warriors swarmed on Matt Damon for saying gay actors should not be defined by their sexuality, which was interpreted as him saying gay actors should stay in the closet. The Daily Beast screamed, shut up, Matt Damon. Washington Post, he's got Damon's planning to do. <laughs> <laughs> and Vox said, Matt Damon isn't a terrible person, he's just ignorant. Right. The real obstacle to gays achieving equality is Matt Damon. <laughs> In fact, he's such a homophobe, he fucked Liberace. <laughs> <laughs> well,
Last year, Dolce and Gabbana got their gay tit caught in the liberal ringer when... <laughs> when they expressed one conservative view on artificial insemination, and this week, oh, they fucked up again. But luckily, the brave virtual vigilantes of the internet were there to condemn these two evil old queens <laughs> for, get this crime, selling a shoe that they're calling a slave sandal. <gasps> but look at it, it's a happy slave sandal. <laughs> now, clearly, they should update the name and call it an intern sandal. <laughs> but... But in this month, when we found out that 20% of Trump voters believed that the end of slavery itself was a bad idea, this is what motivates you to write a scathing blog post, a thoughtlessly named shoe? Well, hold on to your hats, guys, because right now, I'm wearing black loafers. <laughs> All right, that's our show. I'm at the Mirage in Vegas this weekend. March 12th and 13th, and I'm at the Comerica in Phoenix, April 10th. I want to thank Sam Stein, Monica Mesa, Bill Crystal, Maria Konnikova, and Jane Mayer. Join us on Overtime for YouTube. I mean, on YouTube for Overtime. Thank you. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.